Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Everybody, welcome back to the Rough Cut Sports Cast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy AJ Johnson. What's up, buddy? Thank you so much for supporting me in my life here to push course, this time back to nine o'clock. How are you doing tonight on this beautiful March 11th late night? Ah. Uh- I am great. And you want to know why? Because there are sports happening. It has been one year since Rudy Gobert screwed the sports world up and they shut down the NBA and all subsequent leagues followed and the world got real. One year. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, well, I, let me, I wanted to ask you about that. What were you doing like when the news happened? Because I, I, for some reason, like, you know, when. I don't want to compare this to that, but I'm going to because I'm a real jerk. But like <laughs> one of those things like 9-11, you know where you were when 9-11 happened. Even if you were a child, you knew where not you were when 9-11 happened. In my opinion, this is similar to that where you just kind of know where you were when the world stopped, basically. When yeah, I'm with you. Like, to a cr- what were I, you I, doing? I understand 9-11 was an attack, but like. I mean, lives were lost there. This was an attack that was airborne virus and lives were lost. I I can totally agree with you that this was a big deal like that. (laughs) I was working at my uh, bar and I was up in the office doing paperwork and I had my tablet with me because I always watch basketball while I'm up in the office. So I was getting ready to watch the Thunder and the Jazz play. I remember watching Chris uh, Paul walk over trying to figure out what was going on and the Jazz like pushing the back like, whoa, whoa, chill, wait. We don't know, like, wait. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're they're cutting over to Mark Cuban's face going, because they canceled the NBA, it was like, it is an iconic, it is an iconic like expression. Like if you look it up and watch that video, like it's it's so real. Like I was watching it and I was sad and I was like, "There's no way this is really gonna go down like this." And that, sure that, enough, that's how I was. I was literally my wife and I. We were like getting ready for bed, and because it was late at night, it was late at night when it happened. But we were getting ready for bed, and I remember sitting in my bed, watching TV, watching ESPN, or like I got the notification that it it was like it might actually happen, and I was like. I have to turn on ESPN. I have to see what's happening, like what what they're doing yeah. and how they're attacking this. And I have watched, honestly, I've watched this over and over again, multiple different ways he said it. But Scott Van Pelt, when he was talking about how he broke yeah. the news on, like he was got he was breaking the news, what was going on at ESPN during that time. But I just remember talking to my wife, and I was like, "Babe, this is actually happening. Like this is this is this is real." Like this is going yeah. down, and in the hockey world, it was—I believe it was the Colorado Avalanche and the Vancouver Canucks were playing that night, and it was like that was the last game of the night, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's about to go down. Like we're we're in shutdown mode, and we're not going to yeah. like this is. I hope this doesn't last long. And well, here we are a year I later. Had literally, 
like it's so funny you brought the Scott Van Pelt thing up. I know where I was on the same the same wavelength. I I literally because I watched Scott Van Pelt right after I watched basketball all the time. I love Scott Van Pelt, and I remember just entering intro to sports casting. That was my first like sports casting class, uh, and I I had gotten some technology, some terms, and I learned some things. And so I'm watching Scott Van Pelt just masterfully handle this situation because he wasn't supposed to go on for another three hours. But he, they had to throw it to him. He's in the studio and he had to be ready. And so when he came to the school and was talking to us about it, you know, Gus let me ask a question. And I was like, like, can you walk us through that moment? I think that's what you're talking about. Because I'm watching him one minute. He's turned over here. The next he's rolling to his desk over here. He's got Malika Andrews on one side. He's got Tim Legler on the other side. And it's just moving a mile a minute. And you would never know that he was like on the inside just, you know, thumping at it. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. It was a year I mean, ago. It was a wild time. And I just want to let everyone know if you're in the chat right now and you're watching, what were you doing when the news broke that we were shutting down? Like, I I get it. Like the country was in limbo at that time and we didn't officially like shut down until maybe days later. But like to us, this was huge to us as sports fans. This is shutting down. Like, this is the country shutting down. This is our world shutting down. So let us know in the comments uh, what you were doing the night that the world shut down, the night that we lost sports for a very, very long time, and it felt like forever. But while you're doing that, we have a great show ahead of us, though, folks. We are talking, you know, I, I is great the right word? We're talking about, and, and you can see it in the title. <laughs> it says the NFC oh, least. And I want to say it's going to be great. We're going to make it great because, well, that's kind of what we do here at the Rough Cuts Sportscast. That's what we do. But we're talking about the NFC East today. We're talking Eagles, Cowboys, Washington football team, and the New York Giants previewing what they need to do this offseason, talking about big storylines, little storylines, and everything in between. AJ, I just I have one request. I have one. All right. Simple. All right. I have one simple request, buddy. Can you show me your hands? Look at those I beautiful. I don't fingers. know what to do with my Look hands. At, I want to. I want to display them for everyone watching. Look at those beautiful fingers. And AJ, tell them where Ooh, they can find us. Look at that. How about Rough Cut underscore Sports on Twitter at Rough Cut Sports on Facebook, the Rough Cut Sports Cast on Instagram. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. You can find us all over the place on YouTube, on the Belly Up Sports Network now with their YouTube and their Twitter, and all over the place. Tell somebody, tell everybody. And of course, this show is brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether it be a, a, a ball, whether it be a cleat, whether it be a signed picture, helmet, whatever it is, you can check it out at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs. And this show is brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Network, we are where we are proud members of this fantastic network. They have brought us in officially. We are excited to Get the ball rolling with Belly Up. So go check out them and all other sports shows that are on that network. It, it's just a great time over there, man. This is where this is this is the place to be. Okay, on the Belly Up Sports Network, and more specifically with us at the Rough Cut Sportscast. Because, well, I mean, who doesn't want to be with us? We're changing the game. We're bringing you that six star content. Now, AJ, we are talking NFC East today. I'll bring up some comments here while we wait 
well, we're not waiting on anything. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing up comments, though, because we were just discussing where everyone was. Bailey says, I was so sad when everyone shut down. I couldn't believe it. I never thought something like this would happen. Kelly says it was a sad, sad day. I mean, this it, it, it really was. I mean, it was it was wild, man. It was wild. But you know what else is wild? The NFC leads. Rudy Gobert is now an MVP candidate a year later after stopping sports in his tracks. Can you spell Gobert <laughs> for me? G-O-B-E-R-T. Got it. Just want to let just want I don't, one. I don't know if that was correct or not, to be completely honest. It's I would assume correct. you know that that's correct, and that's why you said it. But I just had to bring the thing because well, <laughs> fair enough. We're talking NFC East today, and we are going to jump right into it here, AJ. I wanna before we get into any specific teams, actually, yeah, before we get into any specific teams, I want to throw this one up here. Let's take a look at the NFC least like you. I got to give you credit too. This is your idea, NFC Least. You brought this up long, mm-hmm. long ago. You're you are the originator of the NFC Least. Just just got to throw that one out there. But you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say like I, I I I I've said it a lot. I've definitely said NFC Least a lot. I've heard it other places. I won't say that I heard it first and said it or if i said it first i heard it because honestly i don't remember in which level it came in i just know that i looked at it and they were trash and i was like nsc east mm, more like the end <laughs> yeah that's how it went down and then i heard it elsewhere so but yeah no it's mine i just you know want to give credit where credit's due if someone says uh-uh i've heard i've seen that and heard that somewhere else and yeah kick rocks <laughs> yeah. unbelievable unbelievable but yes i'm gonna give you credit for it. you're so modest but let's take a look at this nfc lease storylines here and if you the beautiful people at home have any topics you want brought up regarding these nfc east teams whether it be the eagles whether it be washington dallas or the giants i mean dak just got signed there's so much to talk about and if we miss something we want to hear it from you let us know what you want to hear about the nfc east tonight But let's take a look at these storylines, AJ. What is the quarterback hierarchy? Is it the Cowboys division to lose? And will this be a messy division once again? AJ, I want to throw it to you first. The most important question to me, what is the quarterback hierarchy in this division? I feel like Dak is number one, but where do you go after that? I mean... This that's that's the hard part actually is two through four because you're correct after Dak got signed and you knew he wasn't going anywhere he's definitely top notch of the NFC East I think next uh, I think next you have to go with Daniel Jones um, and that's based off of what we've seen not the potential to come because I definitely believe Jalen Hurts has a capability to overtake that it just depends on what they're able to do and surround him with as far as weapons may go. You know, if he has no one to throw the ball to like they haven't for the last three years, really, it's going to be really hard for that to to come to fruition. So I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. He's been in that New York system for three years now. He is starting to look better. He held on to the ball a little better than he did the year prior. So I'll start with second is Daniel Jones. Third is going to be Jalen Hurts. And I have to go with the Washington football team fourth because they don't know what they're doing at quarterback yet at all. Is it going to be Kyle Allen? Is it going to be Taylor Heineke? The one great showing from Taylor Heineke in the in the playoffs, that to me seems like a flash in the pan. You got to show me consistency. We know what Jalen Hurts can do. So that would be how I would rank those four prospective quarterback hierarchy ease. I, I look at it, I'm like, I want to rank Jalen Hurts higher. I want to put right. him over Daniel Jones, to be completely honest, just because I love what he's doing. I love his potential. I love his, his ceiling. 
I should say. I love his ceiling because, I mean, the ceiling, the bar is high for Jalen Hurts, I feel like. I feel like the potential is there. But I think I think I have to go with what you say, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts, and then insert Washington football team quarterback here. Now, right. let me give you some hypotheticals here. Say Cam Newton returns with his old head coach and Ron Rivera. Does Cam Newton jump up in that list, or do you still have it Dak, Jones, Hurts, Cam? Cam would Cam would become second to me. Um, I I blame a lot of I don't want to say Bill Belichick in New England. I just blame that fit. It wasn't good. You know that was Cam Newton going to the Patriots was a name fit. It's like all right, the Patriots have had Tom Brady for the last twenty years. You know the name Tom Brady. When you hear Tom Brady, you thought Patriots. You thought great quarterback. When you hear the words Cam Newton, you think of a quarterback who can do it all as far as running, can throw the deep ball. And when he has the right uh, offensive coordinator has shown to be quite accurate. So I think that was a name fit and it wasn't ever going to pan out. Josh, Josh McDaniels did not put Cam in a good situation to be a quarterback. He was more of an NFL player, if that makes sense. You know, he had more rushing touchdowns than he did passing touchdowns. But if you put him back with Washington, with Ron Rivera, I think you see a different Cam Newton. I think you see a Cam Newton of old. And I think that he can step his gameplay up to the fact where you have maybe another five passing touchdowns. I don't think he all of a sudden returns to his MVP form. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. And I know Washington is picking a little later in the first round. I I, I would have to look up where their exact pick is. Um, But let's just say a player like Justin Fields falls that far, which is possible. I mean, it's possible Dwayne Haskins fell that far, a fellow Ohio State product who we thought was going to be the second quarterback taken off the board and was not. So if Justin Fields falls that far, which quarterback would you prefer, Justin Fields or Cam Newton? So to give you your answer, uh, Washington is picking with the 19th pick in the first round. Be tough and for I, if, yeah, it would. Be, I think it'd be very tough for him to fall that far. And honestly, if I'm thinking about this correctly, when you did your mock draft, you had him fall into Washington. Mm-hmm. You had him fall to 19 in Washington. I was like, there's no way that happens. But if it did, I would absolutely take Justin Fields over Cam Newton. That, because here's the situation. If you don't do that, if you have a Cam Newton in your door and you forego a quarterback, you're looking at the same situation again in the next three to four years. I mean – Cam Cam has been a Superman, Super Cam for a while, but his body and his age is getting up there. You know, a couple more hits in the wrong direction, and you're yeah. not going to be the same. And he's already not the same. So you're looking, you're looking at the same thing. Um, so if Justin Fields was to fall there, there's no way you pass, especially being a team needing a quarterback. There's no way you pass up on that. As much as Ron Rivera loves Kyle Allen, he's clearly shown that he's not the guy for the job yet. He he may be a great backup. He may be a great uh, clipboard holder. But as far as starting, I don't think I don't think it's that guy that you're going to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, th- Bailey makes a decent point, too. If he fall, I wouldn't mind Mac Jones falling to Washington. Does that's a, that's that a good idea. Is that does that bump Mac Jones up? Is it still Washington football team quarterback at four if if they get Mac Jones? Yeah, because he's unproven. I mean, he's okay. un- we, we, all yeah, all we know is what he's done at Alabama. Consider- you have to also consider the weapons, though. You have to consider the weapons that they're, that they're getting. I yeah. mean, if, if you look at it in, in terms of – go, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this question, my own question here then. If you were to have a hierarchy of weapons in the NFC East, 
Dallas would be one with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Zeke. Number two would be Washington. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas, and Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, and Antonio Gibson. I mean, <laughs> but then uh, that that would be it. You would still, still be more. a messy situation there. And I just yeah. want to pull up something here. Let's see if this is correct. If this is the correct, yeah, it is. Okay, so this was my mock that I posted uh, back in February. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out this episode, check it out now. You can check it out on all podcasting platforms, and you can look at it and watch our beautiful show that we had uh, on our Facebook page, YouTube as well, and our YouTube as well. But I did have Justin Fields falling this far, so this is a little reference for everybody who missed our mock draft show. I did have Justin Fields this far, and I and in terms of February, I'm still not buying all this quarterback hype, though. But I digress. Is there any mm-hmm. other storylines you did want to touch on before we get into team-specific stuff here? I would like to ask you if you think this is going to be a messy division again. Like, I, What's your outlook for the NFC least? I don't think so. I actually I think this could potentially be a very... I'm not going to say a good division, like it's going to be one of the best divisions in football, but I really think that it could be a division where it's like we see because there's so much potential. I feel like in this division, I, I know I saw a comment in here earlier. Let me pull it back up here. Daniel Jones is Trubisky all over again. I I can see where you get that idea. I can see where you get that idea, but I'm not out on Daniel Jones yet. How about that? I'm not out on Daniel Jones yet. I think if they give him in my mock, I think I, I think you had it on here or I had it on here where they had Kyle Pitts fall in their laps at, at the 11th pick overall, that would be a great landing spot for him. And that'd be a great spot and a great player to have for Daniel Jones. I think you have to give Daniel Jones a chance with weapons here. The difference between Mitchell Trubisky and Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky had Allen Robinson. Who has mm-hmm. Daniel Jones had? Um, well, Sterling Shepard, I know he has not performed the way you wanted him to, but he's, he was no scrub. If he, he, he and Darius Slayton found some great chemistry, but Darius Slayton, it, it was, it was here and there. It wasn't consistent. Uh, let me, I'll let give me, you that. okay. So let me, I'll give you a three on one in, in the wrestling world because I'm a big wrestling fan and I'm giving you a three on one handicap match here. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Darius Slayton against Allen Robinson. Take your pick. Which one are you taking? <laughs> yeah, I'm ta- I mean, I'm taking Allen Robinson. Exactly. I, get it. I, get you it. I understand. And you haven't even had Saquon yet. And, and just to tease this again, tomorrow's show, we're having our triple threat episode for Fun and Games Friday. And it'll be a showdown for the ages between the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan J.B. Kearns, and old papa, Aaron Mukes, I'm still trying to make that work. It's it's like that name has become taboo since yesterday. Like anytime one of us has said the word Saquon Barkley, I feel I swear I just felt Dylan's ears perk up like he wants to jump in here and yell. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so oh, let's get man. into that. Let, let, let's get let's, into let's the get Giants here. first. Let's get into the Giants first. We'll take a look at their storylines looking into the 2021 offseason and the 2021 season. You see this. How many more chances will Daniel Jones get? Saquon, are you there? I had to put that one in there. I had to put that yeah. in there. And who's going to be the playmaker? These are all three things that we have just discussed a little bit with the New York Giants. But AJ, which for them is the biggest storyline heading into the 2021 offseason? It, it has to be Saquon. It has to be Saquon. 
I mean, over the we, we talk about the way running backs are treated in this league, right? We also have spoken about how early can you draft a running back? You know, when people went crazy when you got Leonard Fournette at four. And what do you do as a rookie? He put up a thousand yard season. So, all right, it paid off. But then before his rookie contract was up, he wasn't even in town anymore. Then you get Saquon at two overall. If I'm not mistaken, highest running back selected ever, correct? Mm, I cannot confirm or deny okay. that. Well, then, to, <laughs> to my recent memory, uh, highest running back selected. You know, and, and I'm sure there's probably one at number one. But either way, I digress, just like you have. And then he can't <laughs> stay on the field. He can't stay on the field. His first season was great. He played all 16 games. I actually forgot that because I feel like it's been so long since we've seen him play. 1,300 yards as a rookie. The second season, 13 games. He had that knee injury, uh, that uh, or ankle that he tweaked. And then last year, he played two games uh, with the torn ACL. And it looked bad. You knew from Jump Street when he went down on the sideline, he wasn't coming back this season. He is one of the most talented prospects we have seen come out of college, and they haven't done anything with it. They, they staked a lot of their future on taking a running back at two overall. And he hasn't been able to play. Daniel Jones has been pretty good when he was able to play with Saquon. Yeah. That's not that often, though. Exactly. So I think and, that hinges on it. Exactly. Right. And I, I really, I, I think this is what goes about what I go back to what I said before. You have to give Daniel Jones some help. I mean, every year, I mean, so like you said, Saquon Barkley has not played with Daniel Jones that much. And even when he has played, it wasn't the same Saquon. I mean, last year, I look back at it last year, it was not the same Saquon Barkley that we were mm -hmm. used to seeing. There was clearly something wrong with Saquon when he came back from that injury. I would also know because he was on my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. Very, very hurt. But you have to give Daniel Jones some help. And I, and I turn back to this graphic because my storyline here is how many more chances will Daniel Jones get? You have to give him a chance with some weapons, man. He's not, he's a project quarterback. You know, this is the quarterback you drafted. You drafted a project quarterback from Duke. You knew what you were getting yourself into, but you have not given him the support. He, I mean, I hate to say a quarter, like, for a quarterback, you need to give him support for him to succeed because that 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 shouldn't be how it always is. But with this project yeah. quarterback, it's kind of what you need. It, it, it it's kind of it's kind of what you need here. Football is a team sport. You're absolutely correct. Like for him to succeed, you need to give him something to succeed with. It, there comes a point where you can blame the quarterback, but there also comes a point when the front office has to look in the mirror. If he has no one to throw to. When if you have no weapons, if you have nowhere to go, if you have no, I mean, what what do you expect a man to make magic out of with nothing to work with? I mean, you brought him in after you got rid of OBJ. Imagine a rookie coming in and having a superstar receiver, but now he's gone. You did try to get him a run to help Will Hernandez up front to help, but now they just let go of Kevin Zeitler. And I'm not saying he was the end all be all lineman, but now you got Will Hernandez, and I can't remember the other guy, and that's about it on your line. So now you're looking at where are we gonna improve. And you, you might be leaving him out to the wolves again. And when Daniel Jones is running for press, from pressure, he does not hold on to the ball. So if we, we can sit here and talk about what the Giants need to do, but it honestly all of a sudden might be getting him some more protection as well. And that's not a good look for them because if they have to focus on protection, the weapons are never going to come. Yeah, I, I, They're in a tough position 
right now because they have to make a move in free agency. And I'm going to take a look at the total cap space here for $3.28 million for the Giants. Wow. Look at, look at yeah. You. Wow. <laughs> Wait a second. I, that was another According part to, of it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. According to Spotrack, is that how you pronounce that, by the way? According to Spotrack, Spotrack. the uh, Detroit Lions have now eclipsed the Jacksonville Jaguars as the most money save, as the total, like, most money in this offseason with 78 million yeah 78 million i guess it might that might be after they did not tag kenny Galladay and the jags tagged cam robinson mm, that could be that's it. possible that could be your reason right there but yeah wow. now 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 they are first uh with with the most money here but second or not second in the top 10 is a fellow afc or nfc west jesus christ words <laughs> are hard <laughs> In the top 10 is a fellow NFC East team, and it's the Washington football team. And I have to bring them up here because, I mean, they have a lot. They have spending money. They have money to go out there and go get somebody. But these are the storylines you look at when you think of the Washington football team. Who is throwing the ball? That has to like yep. that has to be a key. We and AJ, you and I relied on their defense so much at the end of the season for fantasy All purposes. The time. Yeah. But can that defense do it again? Can they do it again? And who will help scary Terry McLaurin there, man? And I will admit to a fault here. I was too lazy to spell McLaurin on this graphic. <laughs> so I just put scary Terry. <laughs> AJ, pick a pick a storyline. Pick a storyline, any storyline. Oof. I mean, we can I, I want to focus on uh who's gonna help scary Terry because to I don't think their defense has lost the amount of people that you're really worried about it. Let's, let's say that. And, and their quarterback conversation has been the talk of the town in Washington since the offseason began. And then they let go Alex Smith. So we know that conversation there. My thought process is it's time to focus on getting some weapons. You know, worst case scenario is bringing a quarterback that you're gung ho about. And then again, don't surround him with anything to do. You like the Logan Thomas. He had a great season last year. You're hoping he can build off of that. Uh, scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, F1 McLaren. He he's a boss. He's he's played perfectly well, exactly what you expected from him. And you know a funny story about that. They drafted Dwayne Haskins first uh, first round, and immediately after he got drafted, Dwayne Haskins texted the uh, organization and said, "Go get me one of my guys, and we can make something happen." They brought in Terry McLaurin, and he outplayed Dwayne Haskins, and he ended up being the guy that they're focused on in Washington as Dwayne Haskins was shown the door. So. You, you've got him as a number one, and he's that type of number one that can do a lot of things. If you get a big body receiver and put him on the other side of Terry McLaurin, you can see McLaurin doing things like being on the outside, being in the slot, taking those jet sweeps. The kid is versatile. He hasn't had the chance to show it because you couldn't hide him behind any other threat of a weapon. So I think with this free agency class being so deep in wide receiver, go find him somebody to pair up with and get yourself a tandem of receivers. Yo, Kenny G and Terry McLaurin on the that outside would be awesome. ever quarterback. That would be awesome. I actually really do like that idea. Qu I <laughs> Question. CeeDee mm -hmm. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott versus Scary Terry, Kenny G, Antonio Gibson. Is it still is Dallas still the easy one there? Is it still it's easy not as easy. It's not as easy. I think I think if those were the weapons, you have Washington at number two. 
especially expecting uh, Antonio Gibson to come back and be healthy. I think I think you have them at number two and people will argue back and forth about it because I really do like those names. And I would imagine getting help on the other side, Terry McLaurin would just benefit from that, you know, and we're expecting now that Dak is back, Zeke will go back to old form. I, I never understood. I didn't realize that he was so dependent on Dak. I thought it was the other way around. And we just watched Zeke just flop on his face last season. So we're expecting that to change, which is why I still have them at number one. CD Lamb's the truth, though. Can I can I throw you a curveball? And I don't know. I don't think we discussed this at all in pre-show meetings Man, or however. Worst case scenario, I sound stupid. Well, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Logan Thomas? Because I'm trying. Like to me, I thought earlier today. I heard. I I heard a fantasy show talk about him earlier, and it made me think of Noah Fant and the hype we had for Ooh. Noah Fant coming into this year. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, they're both very athletic tight ends. And they both don't have a good quarterback situation that we know of, at least for Logan Thomas. What are your thoughts on the Washington football team tight end? I mean, for now, it's that he had a good season. And it's the first one to date. He's been in the league since 2014. This is the first time he's had more than 20 receptions. Now, he did it in a bat in a big way with, a, with 72 receptions and over 600 yards. My thought process is that we hope that he can do it again. We hope lightning strikes twice because we don't have anything else to go off of. It was very, it was very fun to watch. It was very good to see. It was nice knowing on any given Sunday, Logan Thomas would be there for you, especially down the stretch at the end of the season, but I'm not gung ho. I'm not like they've got one of the best tight ends in the league or anything like that nature. Yeah. It's one of those situations where, and, and excuse me for my dog barking right now. My wife is not home. And I have no control. I do not wear the pants in this relationship. So I apologize now. Dogs but exist, man. We understand. Dogs do exist. We live. We, we are normal people. We are normal people here. But <laughs> the Logan Thomas thing just it, it, it does concern me. It really does concern me that he could end up like a Noah Fant. And it, I, I guess that might be more for fantasy purposes. And I, I should preface that by saying that, though. Uh, they will play a first-place schedule next year, plus the AFC West. Let's see how they do. Is that where is that what the NFC East is lined up with? I guess it's terrible that research on our part. But that does suck. Does that – going back to – and I'll, I'll pull this one back up here. I'll pull the uh, this graphic back up. Does that change your like maybe your thought process behind will this be a messy division once again? The fact that they're going to be that all these teams are going to be playing like that first place type schedule next year. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. Playing a first place schedule is not the entire division. It is just, just the, the football team. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. they do have to play the West. I digress. Right, but the, the only people you're afraid of in the AFC West right now is the Chiefs and possibly every year we expect the Chargers to figure it out and get it together. You know the Chargers have had one of the best defenses heading into the season for like the last 4 years, but they always get injured. Like at one point in time, there was a Casey Hayward, uh Jason Verrett, Joey Bosa, Mark Ingram, I'm sorry, not Mark Ingram, Melvin Ingram, and Derwin James in the back, and there was another safety who was fantastic. And we never got to see them all play together. That would have been one of the scariest secondaries in the NFL, and we never got to see them play together. So other than the Chiefs and hopefully a Justin Herbert-led Chargers that may figure it out, you're not really worried about the Raiders. They, The Raiders still keep going backwards, and Denver doesn't have a quarterback either. So between Washington and Denver, like – 
we'll try our best to have a quarterback bowl. Maybe the running backs can play QB that day and have some fun for all of us. Yeah, that's true. I guess I should have muted myself while the dog was barking while you were talking. I just realized that I wasn't unmuted. I wasn't muted at that situation. Where did you, we are a full. So just to let everyone know who's new, might be new to the show. We are a full behind the curtain show here. Okay, we do not you know. hold back any punches here. We have our professors come on and talk in through the chat. We have moms come on. I didn't. I didn't say hi to my mom. I said this was going to be yeah. a thing. Where's her comment at? Hi, mom. <laughs> We are a fully <laughs> transparent show here, and I mean, this is just what we do. This is this is just what we do. I want to pull this one back up again. Is it a concern? That, are you concerned about the defense? Is there any is there any concerns that they're not going to be able to do it again? No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the reason why I asked that, though, is because, like, I feel like whenever we uh, uh, someone does good on the offensive side of the ball, say a quarterback does good on the offensive side of the ball, there's always that next year where it's like, now we have tape on this uh, this offense. Now we have now we're going to be able to to pick up on it and find their tendencies and figure out where they're weak at. And we're going to be able to exploit it. Is that the same for a defense? I mean, here's the, the counter, though. They have. <laughs> tape on offenses it's not like you know they're the only ones that are getting the jump on them you know they're looking and scouting offenses too from week to week and and with this with this scheme with this defense they find ways to put their players in position to win and it starts up front with that pass rush all those guys are still locked down if i'm not mistaken because they've drafted them all in the first round in the last four years and all those guys are still there wreaking havoc on quarterbacks and when you have a pass rush that allows you to hide whatever inefficiencies you may have in the secondary. So I, I, I expect that pass rush to still be elite. And once that happens, you can focus on grabbing, they got money. You can focus on grabbing a middle linebacker, uh, middling linebacker, like one of those guys who aren't going to cost you too much against your cap, but not some trash guy. Who's just a name that you can put on there. You can, <laughs> you can show up the middle of your field. You can shore up some plate pieces in the secondary. You can get some depth. I think that's a bigger bigger deal than actually having a big splash name get a couple guys to hold you down in the defensive area and i want to point out though let's uh, this one really kind of slid under the radar here because we have all the signings that happen the fran the big name franchise tags but let's not kind of let's not throw this under the rug they brought back brandon sheriff and i think he is a great fantastic guard for the washington football team I like I like him yeah. again, man. I like him again this year. I'm, I think they're going to give the Cowboys a run for their money. But obviously, the Cowboys are out there. And I, I do we get to the Cowboys? You want to get to the Cowboys now? I'll give you your choice here. You want the Cowboys yeah. or the Eagles to round it out or to to pick up on let's the next? No, let's go with the Eagles. Let's go with the Eagles. Okay, okay. So let's take a look over at the Eagles storylines. I hope Michael Sherman is still in here because this is his team. And I know. So just a little shout out again. We love. We love plugging other people's shows. We're a very supportive show here. So ch go check out the Broad Street South podcast with, with Michael Sherman. He does a great job over there uh, with them. It, it's fantastic work. Go check them out on Facebook. They do live shows, 730. You can pregame for them, uh, pregame for us with them. I missed his co – I commented on his show, though, and I didn't catch if they answered it, and I'm really concerned about the Eagles. And I don't know about Jalen Hurts. And of course, this is the first question on my list. Is Jalen Hurts the guy? There's a lot of questions about it. And I want to know what Eagles fans think about it. So if Michael Sherman, if you're in here, drop your thoughts in the comments. But then there's also the question of where are their weapons? 
it says where are the weapons it's, whoops words are hard where are the weapons I mean, okay where are the weapons where are the weapons <laughs> it's the same thing with saquon where was saquon where are the weapons i mean you cut to sean jackson didn't they cut alshon yeah did yeah, they yeah. cut out Jeffrey. So basically, <laughs> we're basically down to what? Travis Fulgham. Zach Ertz is up in the air right now. You have Dallas yeah, Goddard. Where are the weapons? Okay. And who is protecting the quarterback? Who is protecting your offensive line is aging. You have a lot of holes on the offensive line to fill. AJ, pick up on a storyline here and roll with it. All right. So this one's been at me. I, I'm I'm gonna start at the top with the Jalen Hurts question because we even if he's not the guy at this moment you drafted him in the second round so you believed a lot in him so this narrative that they should be getting a qb at six in the draft is crazy like that is not where you need to to set yourself up jalen hurts at the very least is very capable i mean look at the way he moves he's got great instincts in the pocket he's got an arm he can find guys and people like him they Follow Jalen Hurts is a guy that people have followed. They loved him in Alabama. They loved him in Oklahoma. And now he's in Philly and they seem to like him more than Carson Wentz because there was hell to be raised when they pulled um, Jalen Hurts in that last game. And I know there's other reasons to it, but the, they like this guy and they're going to follow this guy. So even if you're like, I'm not sure about Jalen Hurts and you're the uh, Eagles front office, you need to go get some weapons. You're about to probably trade Zach Hurts. Go put some offense around Jalen Hurts. So if he's not the guy, the next QB you have coming in has some more weapons to throw the ball to. I brought this up before. Two years ago, they didn't have a receiver over 500 yards. Last year, they didn't have a receiver over 600 yards. Are you are you trying to go back the other direction this year? Can you get to 700? But you let you let a lot of weapons go, so you're dropping down to 300 the way it looks like to me. So if you don't go ahead and get at six, go grab Shamar Chase. Go grab... Devonte smith whatever big name receiver is sitting there for you to grab hell grab kyle pitts if he's there and um cincinnati you love the dual you love the dual tight end setup man you love it you love the dual tight end setup. move to dual tight ends this year these years you're, you're missing out unless you're like kansas city and they've got travis kelsey who is basically two tight ends at least from a production standpoint dual tight ends the way they go I mean, you, you confuse the linebackers. You get the big blocker who just turns around in a mesh and grabs that curl, and the linebacker's too deep. Or you grab a Kyle Pitts who runs by and mismatches on linebackers. Dual tight ends, do it. Just do it. Just do it. I, I play mean, dual tight ends in fantasy, bro. Do you, well, oh, you do. You you do. And I was very okay. like surprised when you when you did that. Like I was very surprised that you were able to like. I'm not league, bro. big dual tight end guy. That's cool. How many hey. leagues did you win this year? <laughs> How many leagues did you win? <laughs> two. I won two. I lost to Dan Patrick Lee because you're an a-hole and you, you played spoiler for no reason and, and ruined me. It wouldn't have mattered, though, because all my receivers got hurt, even though my team was easily the best team on there. Easily. Easily? Easily, easily the best team? Easily. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown. I think my team was easily the best team. I think my team was easily the best team. Michael P. Ryan. Frank Gore. <laughs> I had the I had the Jets running back stack. Okay. I had the Jets mm-hmm. running back stack. Okay. That was a big deal. 
Okay. That was a very, I mean, come on. Who else has, a, a, who else had the running back stack of LaMichael? I said, I almost said LaMichael P. Is it LaMichael P. Ryan? Yeah. I'm pretty is, sure it's Samaje. Is it Samaje P. Ryan? No, I think it's LaMichael P. Ryan. Oh, you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about LaMichael James from like back I'm, in the day. I'm thinking of LaMichael, I'm thinking of LaMichael James, and I'm also thinking of Samaje P. Ryan, who, who played for Oklahoma. <laughs> there yeah, are two no, you're thinking, here. I'm there are, there's LaMichael. I'm pretty sure it's the Michael. Haley, look this one up. He's in the chat. He's great. Go on. Go on. I can't. Are you looking? (laughs) Are you trying to look it up? It's the Michael Pirine. It's the Michael (laughs) Pirine. That's running back. We should both just be so ashamed, bro. And and if you didn't question it, I feel like we would have been fine. But the moment someone throws a question at me and I thought I knew the answer is the moment (laughs) I start questioning my entire existence. (laughs) Like all of it. So so it's LaMichael Pirine. LaMichael Pirine. The New York Jets running back. LaMichael Pirine. Samaje went to to Cincy after he was with Washington. Samaje, I was like, nah, 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 nah. Because Samaje Pirine is a running back who played for Oklahoma. I remember him specifically. But let's get back. Because he broke uh, Melvin Gordon's record like a week later. for like Ran for like 426 yards or something like that. Melvin Gordon's record? Yeah. Melvin Gordon's record? Yeah. So so I, 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 yeah. Yeah, surprise, surprise here, buddy. Surprise, surprise. I did. I had to do this. I had. Are you excited? You better be excited because I thought it'd be a great idea. We can talk Eagles all we want, but we don't know what we're talking about. This man right here knows what he's talking about. Welcome on to the show, Michael Sherman of the Broad Street South podcast, man. It is great to have you, man. Thank you for doing this super last minute, super spur of the moment. Michael, what's up, man? How's it going? No problem. I am honored to be on the show. Listen to all the viewers out there of the Rough Cut Sportscast. These guys bring it every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. And look, I'm a high school teacher, so I'm not able to watch the show all the time. But every time I watch the show, they do a great job. They're knowledgeable about what they do. They have fun and games Friday. And, you know, between the sports movies that they did and the one that they did, um, they're going to have Sports Jeopardy coming up. These guys just bring they bring it every week and it's just so fun to watch the show. And I'm Thank so, you, I'm so, I'm so honored to be part of the show right now. I'm loving it. I, I, no, man, I, I should send you invites all the time so you can just come in here <laughs> and just pump our tires. Like, that was great, man. Thank you so much for the kind words, but my, I, I have to, I have to know this. First of all, do you want to be called Mike or Michael? Oh, that doesn't matter. Actually the name, the name that I have been given on the Broad Street South Sportscast is the Juru, okay? Now, the reason that I'm called the Juru is because I'm Jewish. And years ago, my buddy Mike, who's on the show, said, like, yeah, like, you know, you can be the guru when making all the sports predictions, but I'm not going to call you the guru. I'm going to call you the Juru. (laughs) And it just kind of stuck, and I was just like, yeah, "Yeah," like, you know, you're my best friend and, you know, my wife. Hold on for one minute. See, that's a natural (laughs) nickname. That is right, a natural nickname right there, man. That is an that's amazing. That's awesome. That, <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's amazing. That, that see, that's a natural <laughs> nickname that has come up and just it, it naturally played into his name. It just it, that that's that is prime 
nickname skills right there. You'll get there, buddy. You'll get there. One day, one day, one day. But I got to ask you, though, man, you are the you're a big Eagles guy, you know, in the ins and outs. Yep, there it is. You are you're the big Eagles guy. You know, the ins and outs of the team. What is your biggest storyline that you're following as an Eagles fan this offseason? Well, the Eagles definitely have some salary cap issues at this point that they're going to have to fix. On our show tonight, we talked about the fact that Fletcher Cox might have to take a pay cut. And it really brings up the whole question of if Fletcher Cox signed years ago with management, why should he have to give up the money now? Right. Like, yeah. you know, he, he he's a paid professional and it's not like these linemen are going to be there forever. So if management was willing to sign him for a certain amount of money at a certain time, then that's management's responsibility. It's not Fletcher Cox's responsibility. And even if Fletcher Cox gives up the money this year, does anybody really think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be Super Bowl contenders? I don't think so. If I'm Fletcher Cox, if I'm Fletcher Cox's agent, roll the dice. Either pay me the money that I have already signed for or let me walk to another team who will be willing to shell out the money and put me on their team. Maybe Fletcher Cox is interested in a rebuilding project with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You never know. I mean, I'm not going to (laughs) say no to that as a Jags, as the resident Jags fan of the show. I am not going to say no to that idea. Is are the, you bring up rebuild though. And I've heard this question before. Are the Eagles in rebuild mode? It certainly doesn't seem like it because of the fact that they've re-signed Jason Kelsey. And as great of a center as he is and as passionate as he is about playing in Philadelphia, I mean, he's an aging offensive lineman. The Philadelphia Eagles already went through the drama last year when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. And look how that worked out. Boom. It just blew up in everybody's face with Carson Wentz. So if the Eagles are smart, they're going to find a way to make the quarterback, which I would argue is the most important position in professional sports, to give Jalen Hurts the weapons that he needs in order to succeed. And I personally think it starts with the offensive line. That's where I think it is. Look, the sexy pick would probably be Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith from LSU and Alabama, but it all starts with that offensive line. The question that I will ask you, which I brought up on our show tonight, The Cincinnati Bengals are in a very similar position to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. If if Sewell is available at five, which very well could happen. Yep. And I and I watched your whole draft show of the Jets keeping Darnold and Sewell going number two, and that was a fabulous show. But just in case Sewell doesn't go to two, and he's on the board at five. Do the Philadelphia Eagles try to trade up to five to lock up a talent like Sewell, or do they trade down, or do they stay at six? That's going to be the driving question in Philadelphia. I think I think it would have to be one pick ahead, though, because if you're thinking about the draft, and 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 you just said it, Cincinnati is also probably in on Sewell, so they're going to want him. There's no way you're going to be able to trade up with a team that wants him. And and we talked about it. AJ's a big uh, Falcons fan. The Falcons, if they're not going to take a quarterback at four. Why would they sit at four? Why not trade back and get picks? So there's your eagle. There, there's your guy right there. You trade up with the Atlanta Falcons and get ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals to draft Sewell because you're not going to be able to do that if 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 Cincinnati's if Cincy is on the board and Sewell is sitting there for him. So AJ, what is your feel with the Falcons? Because I know when I watched the replay of the show, I believe you were talking about Vinny. I think you were talking about the Falcons drafting a quarterback at four. And 
AJ, I know that you're the resident Falcons fan here. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel that the Falcons should go quarterback at four because Matt Ryan's not going to be around forever? Or do you think that they should go offensive line? I mean, I, I, I would be looking at the offensive line or I'd be looking to get out of there, to be honest. I, I understand that Matt Ryan's eventually going to leave. But you know it's not this year. They can't. They can't get rid of him. The money's going to cost way too much. They've already got financial issues as well, and they've been. We can't make any splashes happen in free agency. We're taking too much time cutting players and trying to figure out how to become compliant by March seventeenth. So, and as we sit here and talk about it, you, you can start realizing now that the third spot with the Miami Dolphins, the fourth spot with the Atlanta Falcons, are hot spots of trading. You can get. You can field a lot of calls in those two areas right now, especially if it comes to fruition that Todd McShay is right and these four quarterbacks are looking like hot commodities. I'm personally not a fan of the whole Trey Lance being in the top five. I, I don't think you have enough there. You, you've made this mistake over and over again, not the Falcons, but the NFL when it comes to Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones. Don't do it again. You, you know, pass on it. And if that's the case, you're out of the running at three. So if it's on me as a Falcons fan, I'm either looking to bolster the line, either one of them, either side of it. I don't care if it's pass rush or pass protection, or I'm looking to get out of there and feel some calls, move back, try to stay in the top 10 if you can, and then get some extra draft capital in the back because you have a lot of things you want to do too. And we always say, oh, uh, this is the best quarterbacks. There's no quarterbacks next season. Well, guess what? Come next season, we're talking about quarterbacks going in the top five again. So wait your turn. Let Matt Ryan, Julio, and Calvin do this all over again. Or better yet, in my dream scenario, steal Kyle Pitts at four and piss everybody off. Oh, <laughs> it could very well happen. You never know. That'd be such a good pick, though. That it I mean, would. I would, love it. That would be scary. And that would be scary. I, mean, I thought they overpaid for Hayden Hurst. So yeah, yeah, that, Kyle Pitts. yeah. That there's your double tight end setup that you like so much. But I'm glad you brought up the dream, the word dream, because the last question I want to ask you, Michael, is. What and I, I I asked this on the show and I'm not sure if if you answered I I had to leave um but I asked this in in the comment section on your show what is and tell everyone here what is your dream off season for the Philadelphia Eagles oh at this point I just think that there's so many holes to fill I the, the dream off season would be to find a way to fill every single place where they have voids, which is on the defense, which is on the offensive line. And who knows what tight end, you know, Zach Ertz might be gone and Dallas Goddard, you know, people kind of question how mentally tough he is. And who knows if Marquise Godwin and Jalen Rager are going to work as the receivers next year. There's just too many holes to fill. And they're in a primetime division like the NFC East, which we in Philadelphia call the NFC least right now but we're in a but we're in a situation right now where it could be very similar to the Jacksonville Jaguars and it could take a couple years before the Eagles really become relevant again I'm going to leave you with one thing and this is not a what is it's a what if the Philadelphia Eagles played the Cincinnati Bengals I believe it was week three of the season and they ended up playing to a 23-23 tie and Doug Peterson who loves to go for two so many times they scored a touchdown late in the game. Jake Elliott kicked an extra point. It was one of his few games where he was fantastic as a kicker. If Doug Peterson had gone for two and missed, the Eagles would have ended up the season 4-12. and 12, And because of that, the Bengals would have ended up 5-11, and 11, which means the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Texans would all be 4-12. and 12. And due to strength the schedule, if I'm not mistaken, the Eagles would have ended up with a three-pick. Think of the irony that Doug Peterson, who loves to, you know, gamble for two all the time, 
Who would have thought in week three that that would be the situation? Oh, That's man. You, you what definitely, what's your perspective there? Uh, that is, I kicked uh, it way back in the, series, in the season. <laughs> that, that is a, a fata- fantastic way to look at it. I mean, if the then you would get your offensive lineman. If if you could, you could have your pick. You have your pick in the litter. If the, if uh, if it's Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson, like everyone says, it you have you have a pick out of everyone. You have the top wide receiver that you want. You have the top offensive lineman. Well, unfortunately, that is not <laughs> what happened. Okay, I, I I we always go off the rails here, and I'm sorry I have to ask this question. Were you okay with the Doug Peterson firing? Was this was this okay? it's something that had to happen. It's something that had to happen. And it's time for the Eagles to just kind of like blow the whole thing up and, and start over, which is why it's so surprising that they re-signed Jason Kelsey. But I think that they're doing it because they want to see the Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts project work out. And I honestly think that Nick Sirianni is going to be a scapegoat because I just don't see the Philadelphia Eagles being a Super Bowl contending team for the next three years. And when you're in a town like Philadelphia, if you don't produce, you are going to be on the firing line. And that's really not fair to Nick Sirianni, but I just think that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. To me, it's not fair because you watch teams, and I know it's a different uh, sport, but you watch teams like the Knicks be horrible for so long and in the multimedia of the world. And, of course, we trash, like, the team itself and James Dolan, the owner, but there's never really been, like, the movement you need from that. And Philly's the same way. Like, you know, the whole process happened, and everyone's like, all right, we're going to wait, but you're going to need to show me something. And if it doesn't happen this year with the 76ers, like – I mean, that's another thing you might need to blow up. It, it, it strikes me surprisingly that the Eagles don't decide that they do need to start this whole thing over. You got your Super Bowl in 2018. If you didn't go back at 19, that's when you looked at yourself in the mirror. You saw Carson Wentz degrading in front of your eyes. You saw the weapons around him not be what you expected them to be. And yet you're still sitting here like, we got this. The I think it had to do with the NFC lease being so attainable last year because everyone was trash that you're just sitting there like, no, we can take this and make a playoff run like we did before. And that's no longer the case to me. So you got options at six. It just <laughs> kind of depends on how it falls out. And I, I, I think it's a weapon only because I don't think your lineman's going to be there at six. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be there either because if Sewell is there at five, I think the Bengals have to grab him because of the fact that they have to protect Joe Burrow. I mean, you can talk about the LSU connection, but I don't think that that'll happen. Don't be shocked if the Philadelphia Eagles take that number six pick and trade it down just because they need so many weapons. Could end up going with Sean Slater too. I've heard his I've heard his name up there in talks uh, with the Eagles. Obviously not in talks because it's not signing. I digress. Last words for you that I have to get that I have for you is thanks for Nick Foles. And I mean that in the most sarcastic way because the Jags will be paying for that for quite some time. That was dumb on their part. It was, it was not my favorite move, but the Juru, if I'm allowed to call you that, I don't know if it's a per if it absolutely. I'm I, I gotta give you I, everyone who comes on the show who's a guest at this point has a minute or two to themselves in the solo run to tell everyone where they can follow you at, where they can follow your show at. You probably do it better than I do to describe your own show. Here you go. Thank you so much, Vinny. Thank you so much, AJ. The name of our show is Broad Street South. We primarily cover the four major sports teams in Philadelphia, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, and the Sixers. We do our live broadcast on Thursday night, 7.30. So I hope that you guys can come out and join us. Watch us even for the pre-show before joining these guys on the Rough Cut Sportscast. And I'm going to leave all of you with a joke. And this is known as a dad joke. If I was going to be a friend with any animal, it would be the giraffe. 
Why? Because the giraffe would always stick their neck out for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Appreciate that was fantastic. You. Michael Sherman, thank you so much for joining the show. We appreciate you. Fantastic. Hopefully, we see you in the comments section for the final countdown. Maybe you got some more wrestling comments for me. I, I saw that one, I saw that one yesterday. I was like, oh, I got I, I love wrestling comments. <laughs> you never know. And I look forward to talking Phillies and Mets later in the season. And we'll, and, we'll, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Ooh. Thank you so much. The pleasure was mine. Keep up the great work, and we will talk soon. Take thank care. you again. Thank you. All righty. Thank Sherman. you that so was much. Awesome. I, I, did you catch it as a surprise? Catch you off guard? Oh, 100%. That was great. That was that was a happy moment. That was a very happy moment. On as soon show. as I saw him rolling into the comments, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get sure. I'm going to get Smart him in here. I'm gonna get Smart him in man. here. See if I can see if I can make that happen real quick. And he was great. I mean, he was. That was That's just entertainment, buddy. That's entertainment. We did not plan this. That was not planned at all. And that he that was just him coming in here, lighting it up with just the the pure knowledge that he has in his dome in his head. I mean, <laughs> it's the best, man. That's what we love to see. Thank you so much, Michael Sherman, for joining us on there. But we have one team left, AJ. Let's do one. it team left we're getting into the dallas cowboys how about them cowboys they just locked up dak prescott to that major contract which we discussed yesterday on the show if you missed it go check it out but how about them cowboys aj let's take a look at these storylines hmm. is money now a problem that you broke the bank for dak where do you go next and is everyone buying in and i want to put a little bit of a a little bit of description into this uh is everyone buying in okay Yesterday, it was it, we found out that Tyrone Smith, Zach Martin, and Lael Collins all took all restructured their contracts to save the Dallas Cowboys roughly seventeen million dollars in cap space this season. That to me screams that players are buying into this system that the Dallas Cowboys are trying to implement here. That they see that the ownership is trying to take control and and say, hey. We're, we're, we want a Super Bowl, okay? No matter what, we want to win. And players are seeing that, respecting that, and saying, hey, let me restructure my contract. I know I got big money up front earlier on, but let me restructure my contract so we can, we can pay some guys. So, AJ, what are your thoughts on this Dallas Cowboys system buying in? No, you're absolutely right. I, I think part of me thinks that was in the works before they even got the deal done with Dak. And I think because... Last season was a, was actually, in a weird way, a really good thing for the Dallas Cowboys because it opened a lot of eyes. You look at that team before the season started, and you you think loaded. You know, all the weapons with Zeke and Amari and, and CeeDee Lamb coming in. Like, when they made that draft pick of CeeDee Lamb, it was like, but why? You've got so many weapons. Who cares? It's an offensive league now. Those weapons saved them multiple times in the first four games. Then Dak goes down, and your season goes off the rails. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't know how to run the ball. The offensive line keeps getting injured because who knows? They're holding blocks way too long and putting themselves out there to do more than they might have had to do with the productive Dak Prescott. I think this team looked at that season and realized without Dak, we have no direction right now. This saga with him needing to be paid went way too long. And I think this team wanted Dak to have his money. And that screams leadership. Aaron Muke said that on the show the other day. These guys see Dak Prescott as a leader in this locker room for this organization. And if there was ever a definition of the franchise for the America's team, Dallas Cowboys, I hate calling them that because they haven't won and we are about winning in America. 
but Dak Prescott is definition of franchise. And they did this so this man could get his money and they could come back to this season and start moving forward. I want to rebuttal, but I got no rebuttal to that because that was a per you, you said it perfectly. And I love the Dak Prescott side. I mean, I, I, we don't it need it to happen. We, it, it, need, it, it needed to happen. It happened. But now you go back to these storylines here, AJ. Where do the Cowboys go next? That is the biggest question because, I mean, I'll pull it up again. This was my mock draft that I had for the Dallas Cowboys, and I had them going with Micah Parsons at 10 if he falls that far and if they can't land one of those top two cornerbacks. And to be completely honest, I would be I would almost pick Micah Parsons over one of those top two quarterbacks if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, just because I feel like he could be an impact player right away. I mean, you drafted Trevon Diggs last year, and he's a good, solid player, but he's not making an impact right away. Micah Parsons could make that impact right away, and because you don't have that much money to play with in the offseason, in free agency, you go out there and you find that impact player. I kind of see it like what the Jags did with Josh Allen when they when they scooped him up because the Las Vegas Raiders were too stupid and they drafted <laughs> Cleveland Ferrell instead of Josh Allen. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Had to do it. Sounds like some bias feels right there. It Cleveland is. Ferrell will get it together, man. Uh, not, I, I would take Josh. I agree. We're not getting into that. Where do you think? What what do you think about the Dallas Cowboys and moving forward? No, you're right. They they I think where they go next is where they were gonna go if the Dak thing didn't happen, and it's the defensive side of the ball. That was honestly their shortcomings last year. Even though their offense took a step back, they eventually kind of figured it out with Andy Dalton. He didn't look completely unusable by the end of the season. Uh, so you had to focus on that on that defense. They were one of the worst defenses in NFL history at one point of last season. I want to say about week eight or nine. That was statistical. That was fact. You know, they were getting ran all over. They were getting thrown all over. It, yep. it was just bad. It was horrible. You have to find something to do on yeah. that defensive side of the ball. And I think it starts from the linebackers and back in the secondary. You know, they, they've got two young defensive linemen that you can really develop and bring up. So I don't think you have to rush to find yourself someone in that front four. But you need a strong linebacker. I think K.J. Wright would be a great guy to go look at and see if you can get him on a one or two year deal that you can spread the cap space out right uh, well over Xavier uh, Woods didn't, he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't what you brought him in for. So you need someone to either replace or pair with him back in that secondary. That that's what you do with 19 million in cap space. You can find a one or two year deal uh, on that back end that you can just, just to hold you over, you know, until you can figure something out in the draft. Also defense. Defense. Yep. I, I, I like the Michael Parsons now than I did before. Would you draft Kyle Pitts a 10? No. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think you should, but I understand if you do. It, it's one of those can't miss projects or products. And if you don't, I mean, you're, you're talking about the Giants taking him, and now you're facing Kyle Pitts twice a year. So. Yeah. Yeah, I that's, also, that's hard to pass up, but you, I also, you know you've got more holes. I also don't get enough. I don't have an opportunity to play this drop often anymore because I don't really talk about money. But this is for Dak Prescott. <laughs> money, 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 money.
If you're a wrestling fan, you know that's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man theme song right there. <laughs> Boom! Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team, New York Giants, all covered here, right here on the Rough Cut Sportscast for another great division preview. I mean, it was fantastic, buddy. It, it was, was. It was truly fantastic, and we appreciate everyone being flexible and joining us at this late hour. It is well past my bedtime. I still have to go out and deliver something to my wife because we've had some. We're having there's there's a there's a a I'll say a death in the family. One of our cats, our loving cats, passed away tonight, and it was very sad. I don't want to end it on that sad note, though. I don't want to. I don't want to end it on that sad note. Nah, we're happy here. Rest hey, easy, that you know, cat's rest up in kitty okay. heaven. Rest that easy. That cat is up in kitty heaven, mm-hmm. watching the rough cut sports cast, mm-hmm. looking enjoying down. every moment of it, loving the shout out to him. Exactly, yeah. a- a- exactly. And we appreciate his viewing, and we appreciate everyone watching. You guys are so great. We appreciate you guys for being flexible with us for this late hour. We will be back tomorrow for a fun and games Friday for the ages. I know I say that. I feel like I say that every week. I know I say that every week, but I mean, it really is like ever. We just keep getting better and better and better for our fun and games Friday. I am hyped for tomorrow. Like this, this battle between Aaron Mukes and Dylan Kearns. Just, that really like, that's, yeah. the thing. that's the thing. We have a battle between Dylan Kearns. And Aaron Mukes, obviously fan, big big guys of the show, okay? Big parts of this show. We have a massive battle between them. But tomorrow's episode, tomorrow's theme for Fun and Games Friday is the triple threat. And if you know anything about wrestling, triple threats are huge. Anything goes in a triple threat match. There's no DQs, okay? But the pinfall has to be in the ring, okay? So there's going to be an all-out war between all of us on the show. I'll be the moderator, I guess. I will be the moderator, unless I throw my hat in Unless I throw my hat in some of it, but there is going to be some blood shed. I can guarantee it tomorrow <laughs> on the show at 8 p.m. live right here on Facebook and Twitter. You're not going to want to miss it. AJ, one more time. Can you show me those beautiful mitts that you have there? Can you can you do the whole thing to write these off on my taxes if I keep modeling my hands like this? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know what? It, you know what it's doing? It's paying the bills. <laughs> Sorry, had to do it. Tell them where you can find Head it. over to Twitter. Head over to Twitter at roughcut underscore sports on Facebook at roughcut sports on Instagram at the roughcut sports sportscast. Sports hit that like, hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. Head over to YouTube. If you miss any of the show, we got them all clipped there. You can catch the best moments of every subject that we talk about on the YouTube page. Make sure to hit that subscribe, that bell, that notification, and tell everybody. And, of course, this episode was brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether it's a cleat, whether it's a jersey, whether it's a ball. They've got it there at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. Go check them out. And this show is brought to you by our beautiful friends over at the Belly Up Sports Network, where we are proud to be a part of and joined this week. There's a lot of great shows on there. Go check them out. We also appreciate and want to send a big thank you to Michael Sherman for joining the show last minute super spur of the moment he hopped on and killed it it was great we loved every minute of it aj yeah for sure any last words before we enter the final countdown with our lovely chat viewers i have to echo those sentiments michael sherman was great that that was entertainment i mean like you you call me a diva on this show never have i been more excited to just sit back be quiet and watch that was fun
So I appreciate Michael Sherman. I appreciate all you guys for watching the show. Uh, I, I posted earlier today. If you've had the pleasure of listening to us, watching us, please take two minutes. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go leave a rating. And if you have the time, write a review. Whether you think we're great, whether you think we're not, leave a review. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We need to see how we can grow, how we can keep you coming back to the rough cut, whether we end up starting at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. If we get biz bored and want to have a 1030 show, what do we need to do to keep your attention whenever, wherever we are? So, again, thank you, guys. If you could do that for us, it'd be fantastic. And we're almost at 500 on Facebook. So almost. Go ahead and invite some friends. Let's do almost. it. Almost. You know, and you know how we get there? By you beautiful people sharing. And you could also write a review on Facebook. I didn't know if you knew that was a thing. But you oh, can true, also yeah. write a review on Facebook. So go drop those reviews. Let us know what you think of the show. Obviously, it's six-star content. And you're loving every minute of it. But... Adios, turd nuggets. We'll see you tomorrow for Funny Games Friday.